Welcome to Clean Break, the weekly life transitions podcast, where we share the stories and experiences of professionals that help families create a new path for themselves. Find all the answers about the many complex questions about transitioning your life through relationship separation, starting a new career, having babies, and many other life transitions. Find out more at mycleanbreak.ca. Here are your hosts, Darren and Tina. Hello again, everyone, and thank you so much for joining us today on Clean Break, the podcast. I am Darren Javog. As always, sitting in the hot seat and the seat right next to me, even though it's virtual, is Tina Murray. Hi, Tina. Darren, yeah, I'm uh, one of our guests in a previous podcast said COVIDing, so I am COVIDing. COVIDing. <laughs> You're COVIDing. <laughs> I am. I am technically out of quarantine, but felt best to stay away. So sitting in my office, while well, you are in yours with the live production company. So yeah, let's talk about them. We are so excited. We've uh, we've pivoted. We have That's pivoted. I, I I we're gonna have to start calling it uh, uh, multi-directional. That's what I'm gonna call it because I'm sick of pivoting. We're gonna call it multi-directional moving um, course yeah. yeah so we we actually brought in a professional company to help us with our podcasts that's right we're working with live stream junkies and uh Denik is our technical advisor today and allison is uh behind the 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 camera doing the production uh you know after 90 episodes we're into the into the mid 90s now uh, uh as of today um and season three three years uh two and a half years of doing this now it's pretty exciting yeah. and i just think you yeah. know we've seen our listeners go up and up and up and up and up over time slowly but over time it's yeah. been growing and i think we just needed to take it to the next level you know we just we needed yeah. to to bring you know uh the production value the uh the the sound value the video value all to the next level because we want people to not only enjoy the show but um but also get a lot of value from it right Right. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 It's so much fun to do it as we've talked about time and time again. It's just, it's just a lot of fun. And uh, no matter what our topics are, we just seem to be able to, you know, some of them are very, very deep and, and some of them are just a lot of, a lot of fun. So, yep. Um, yep. and today we have another great fun guest and I have to tell a story. And so Nancy Morgan is the, is a dance instructor and owner of the workshop dance studio. Now, just a little side, it is an adult only dance studio so she doesn't teach youngins little ones although we are all young at heart but i have to tell a story uh, i did a fundraiser um for the leeds grenville or leeds grenville i think uh, volunteer bureau and they have a dancing with the stars so myself and one of your colleagues darren got to be dancers and nancy was our amazing dance instructor taught me how to dance that was so much fun so welcome to the show nancy Hello. Hi, Nancy. We came second. You guys we did awesome. Second. You guys did and awesome. I, I think we probably would have come in first. And I truly, truly believe this is just me and there's no sour grapes here, but I truly <laughs> believe that we would have come in first had Jeff lifted me. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, I don't know why I didn't put lifts there. Oh right? man, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But honestly, in all fairness, we danced our hearts out yeah. for the whole song, and we were the only team to actually dance the whole song. We danced. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We didn't yeah. do any of this interpretive <laughs> swaying around. Sorry. <laughs> And we can cut this out if you want. No, no, we're going to leave it in. We're going to leave it in because I'm going to remind Jeff Carter that he should have been lifting you 
through the, through I, the dance. Could you imagine? Well, I'm sure the listeners can tell right now that we probably that probably know that we all know each other. So, so yeah. uh, you know, yeah. full disclosure here. Um, <clears throat> so, Nancy, you're probably wondering a little bit about why you're on the show because I know some people have the misconception that this podcast is just about divorce and separation, and it used to be. It, it did. And like the yeah, the first two seasons of this were predominantly. Uh, at first one and a half, I would say, were predominantly about divorce. What, you know, what Tina and I really found uh, as we were doing, you know, uh, 80 episodes or so is that <clears throat> it doesn't end. Like when people are going through divorce, it, divorce is just part of the transition. Uh, there's there's so many other transitions in their lives that are, that are happening. They're trying to get healthier. They're trying to get uh, physically more fit. They're, they're trying to reinvent themselves. Uh, we found some people are retiring you know, and they need to reinvent their lives in retirement. So we found we weren't doing really, um, um, we were doing a disservice to so many people that wanted to hear more about how do you transition out of one place in your life to somewhere else. And if divorce and separation just has to be, happens to be part of it, well, then that's just a small piece of it because there's so many other transitions. So I know, I know one of the reasons why we wanted to have Nancy Morgan on the show is, uh, you know, dancing is a therapy, I think, to a certain degree. You know, it's a therapy. It, it It's a, an evolution in your life and trying to do something different. And I know I, speaking to from being in your studio, uh, you know, remember we were just talking on another episode about the judge. I was judging myself about being afraid of trying to dance because I didn't want to hurt myself, look stupid, be judged by others. But you know what? I think dance is a, it's it's a transition for people, people that are looking to do something different. What do you think, yeah, Tina? It's a transition and a return. Okay. Okay. It's both. And I like your um I like your new name, the clean break. Good. Well, thanks yeah. for being on the show. So let's talk about you and and how you got started because I think your story is fascinating. Mm-hmm. Let's no seriously. Like anyone that gets paid, chi- yeah. like gets paid Kentucky Fried Chicken to, to <laughs> yeah. teach dance. Uh, I, I mean, yeah. we're gonna circle back to that one, right? Okay. So let's do it. Right. Let's do it. Okay. How did it all start? Uh, so you read my bio. You asked me to send my bio, and I sent it. And and it's just how it's just one of those things. We won't circle back. We can actually start with that. So okay. I, I, I've had three tap masters in my life. And, and the guy who paid me in Ch- Kentucky Fried Chicken was my first tap master. So I fell in love with tap dancing very, very young, um, much to my parents' happiness and despair because little kids walking around your house in tap shoes is, uh, you know, not everybody's, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, this is an old house. We're talking the 60s, right? So it didn't really matter. However, I fell deeply in love with it. And uh, and I stuck with this one teacher for a long, long time. And uh, and as you read in my bio, so I started teaching for him early on. And, you know, you know, back then you just sort of got paid however. And so he always bought me supper and it was always Kentucky Fried Chicken. This man loves Kentucky Fried Chicken. So <laughs> I have had some very, very interesting top teachers in my life. Okay. Well, hopefully your brothers and sisters in the house, uh, were any of them playing the drums to go along with the tap dance? (laughs) So that's a funny part of the story. So my brother became uh, a drummer for the Black Watch, the Montreal Black Watch. (laughs) 
So we're oh we're God. very perc we're very percussion oriented. So my brother had this drum set in the in the uh, garage, and of course, if you know what a drummer does with the black watch, they pair with a person playing uh, the bagpipes. And oh so wow! In your the parents. garage. Oh my, my God! Your yeah, parents. <laughs> yeah. So in the garage would be my brother on his drum, his one drum, his snare, and uh, this this uh, female uh, bagpipist, I'm not sure exactly of the real name for that, would be playing along and they'd be practicing because they had to practice. And then here I am in my tap shoes, click, 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 like all through the house all the time. I make jokes about this all the time with my students because my mother refused to take me shopping because I'd just stand behind her. I used to love the sound of my leather shoes on the tile floor in, in a, an old-fashioned grocery store. So go over to B&H and walk with your shoes and listen to them. That's exactly what it sounds like. So this is me following my mother, click, 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 all the way around the store. And, and, and it, it just drove her absolutely batshit crazy. So I tell people this, if I meet them in the store, they better be tap dancing because the sound in the store and the acoustics are just great. Oh my so, God. But anyways, so, but well, my you know, sister, <laughs> I have a sister though, and she's not into percussion. She was an expert bowler. Bowling. Oh. Bowling. Oh, bowling. The three of us have these weird ass hobbies that we oh my grew up God. doing. So. Oh my God. Well, at least your mother would never worry about losing you if she bought yeah. you to the store, right? Just follow yeah. the, ta the tap yeah. the tap dancing yeah. shoes yeah. and you'll find Nancy. That's awesome. That annoying little <laughs> kid in this place and she's making a lot of sound with her feet. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's fast forward here. Let's fast forward okay. here. So, Sorry. so where, so where did that lead you? Where, where did the Kentucky Fried Chicken lead you into, into your uh, dancing oh, so his, story? His name was Charles Griffiths, and he was just this loud, boisterous man, um, very dark skinned, and a huge, booming voice that went along with his tap shoes and. And I genuinely, deeply loved this man. He was just amazing. However, I I outgrew him. Um, there's, you know, at a certain point, there was nothing left to learn mm. from this teacher. And so I hopped a bus from the South Shore of Montreal without my parents' knowledge at the age of 14. I got on a bus and I went into Montreal and I had found this place that would teach me tap dancing. And I showed up there on a Friday night after just taking the bus. And uh, yeah, I waited around for two hours because there was only one bus. And, uh, and I took a class with a man named John Stanzel, who then became my next tap mentor. And he was a professional dancer with Le Grand Ballet Canadien. And uh, he agreed to take me in, even though he only as well taught adults. So all of his class, like 40 students. So you walk into this room and it was an abandoned, not really abandoned, but this old fashioned um, warehouse. Second floor had been taken over by Le Belle Jazz de Montréal. And he had one of their three dance studios and it was packed. I remember walking in just after coming from my little dance school in the South Shore of Montreal, walking in to 40 adults all in tap shoes, just 
dancing. I thought I was going to pass out. I was so excited. So <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I managed to get in and I got literally pushed to the back of the room. Like these adults just kept standing in front of me, just kept, and I'm not a very tall person. And so anyway, so I got pushed to the very back left corner. I remember this perfectly in my head back left corner of the studio, right by the windows, <laughs> outside these windows. Now remember how old I am. So outside these windows are these dancing, super sex dancing girls. If you know the way St. Catherine Street is. Oh right? my God. <laughs> this, is flashing, this is flashing through my eyes and I'm trying to see through the sea of 40 people. Uh, this tap dance teacher who I didn't really know at the time was this amazing, amazing person. And uh, anyways, he spotted me right away and just dragged me to the front of the class. And uh, anyways, I was hooked again. So I arrived home at about 1030 at night on a Friday and my parents were like, where have you been? <laughs> <laughs> they were too busy like, listening to the drums yeah, in, the, in the garage yeah, to notice yeah. you weren't missing. <laughs> My parents didn't know I was gone, but I mean, they kind of knew, but I don't think they really knew where I was. And yeah. uh, again, I just hopped the bus to Montreal. So anyway, so then I fell deeply in love with uh, John Stanzel and uh, Le Valley Jazz de Montreal. So mm. I studied with him for the next couple of years and uh, made it into his tap master's class. And um and then wow. other other things were to come. So then that was the yeah. catalyst that, that led to you considering or thinking at some point that you're going to start your own? You had a vision, a dream to start your own dance studio? Uh, so there's a, there's a period in between that, though. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So in between that, uh, John wrote a letter to uh, the National Dance Company of Canada and said, you have to audition this person and um, my other uh, studio teachers as well uh, paired and wrote letters as well to Bill Orlovsky who was the executive director of the National Dance Company of Canada and so again I hopped the bus and off I went to the big city of Toronto and uh, I auditioned now, and again I remember that audition time? yeah they knew at this point you told your happened. parents about this one yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At this point, they, they oh knew God. what was going on, but I was only 18 uh, wow. at this point. And um, so I hopped the bus to Toronto and I auditioned and I got in and then started the life of a starving dancer. I only made chorus, so I was never really um, a uh, soloist by any means. But part of that was because um, I was starving. I was a starving dancer living in a room on Young Street, eating, you know, six almonds a day and uh, oh trying God. to trying to survive and uh, and dance at the same time. So that is love, a love of the trade for sure, for sure. Yeah. I love the story, though. Yeah, it's yeah, it, um, yeah, it's kind of a neat story. However, also a little terrifying because I got robbed. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh my, God. oh my goodness! <laughs> I got I got robbed, and uh, they took everything. The only thing I had on me was my tap shoes. They completely cleaned out my room. My I was living in a room, in a house that of a woman who only rented out to artists. So you had to come with recommendations. And this is way back in the eighties, the mid eighties. 
get to arrive with recommendations from the um, studio that you were you were working with. And uh, so they, she had accepted me in and then, I don't know, uh, I came home one day and my room was robbed, like turned upside down and anything of value was taken. And so I went, I'm done. I'm done. I can't do this anymore. And I went back to Montreal. Wow. That must have been hard. That must have been hard, you know, especially when you're young in that way. Yeah. Yeah, it was very, um, it was demoralizing and exhausting. And again, I was really hungry all the time. Oh my God. I just remember being hungry all the time and uh, trying my best to keep up with uh, performing and, and, and dancing. And so, but I really genuine, that's where I realized I really genuinely loved teaching mm-hmm. more than performing. Mm-hmm. And um, now Tina can agree with me on this, that there are some things that uh, people who are not so tall. Uh, huh? Yeah. And it gets pointed <laughs> out. So Tina and I are probably about the same height. Did you call Tina Canada. short? Did you just call no, Tina short? <laughs> no, I said Tina and I are not tall is exactly what I said. Because I would never call Tina short. But there's just certain things. And, and one of them is in the performance world. Like you need to be 5'7 or taller. Okay. Yeah. So you have to be quite tall. Right. Yeah. Now, you know, not that people who aren't tall can't do it. It's just they're not as um, desired, oh. I guess. <laughs> okay. Well, okay so let's let's so, let's move on but, past the, the the height restrictions here and let's just move, carry on down right. the road well, this, is, this is back in the 80s and actually the 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 industry today is actually much better they're much mm. more willing to diversify so not everybody has to be the same height look the same same skin tone you know same uh shoulder width hip width mm. like all those things you had it was a real standard back there back then in the 80s and so i think today the the world is is uh probably a better place for that but um but so partially not being able to teach in toronto and none of my time in toronto i was able to teach i genuinely missed it so i went back to montreal and i hooked up with my old uh partner who john stanzel and i had been partnered together um John Stansel found for me and we got partnered together and uh, I found him and I said, let's, uh, let's organize something. Let's get a group going. And we found 12 other dancers and that's where um, I went back into my love of teaching and mm-hmm. uh, got some performing from the troupe that Benny and I were teaching with. Excellent. Excellent. So, so what... let's fast forward to March, 2015. Yeah. yeah. I'm in now. Kempville. I'm in Kempville now. Kempville. Okay, yeah, we were just talking about Montreal and we were talking about Toronto, Toronto, like massive cities. And here's Nancy Morgan just going to Kempville. And what yeah, happened and then? An adult only dance studio in little tiny Kempville. Right. Not the yeah. one, Not don't be mistaken with the adult dance uh, studio that you were talking about that was next door to the tap studio that you're in in Montreal. Yeah, right. Got it. Yeah, right. Okay. Yes. <laughs> not, not, not. However, I have approached the city a couple of times and Matt Gilmer will not let me get a sign with blinking lights and dancing girls. Just, <laughs> apparently, apparently there's rules and I'm not allowed to do that. Nope. So, uh, I'm in, <laughs> I'm in a Kempville and, and what had happened was 
as you guys can attest to, is that your kids at a certain point stop needing you. <laughs> and you start going, hmm, you know, I genuinely miss doing this. So I had stopped teaching. Um, I had uh, had got married. I had two kids. And uh, we had moved from uh, north of Montreal into Kemphill. And I had, I could just feel I needed to go back to dancing and uh, started sourcing out places in and around Ottawa. And then they, of course, um, I shouldn't say of course, but then at a certain point, they started asking me to teach for them. So I started teaching for them. Um, but then you realize, God, I'm doing an awful lot of driving. My kids sort of still need me. I sort of still need to be at home and I can't be doing all this driving. And it, it was really genuinely a light bulb. And I can remember it being in my car, pulling into my driveway after teaching again, after driving again for another hour, an hour and a half. Um, I should just be doing this here. I think I can do this here. And I think I can. Um, and so that just then just starts snowballing. You just start thinking about it all the time, all the time. And um, one thing led to another. I found this location, this really awesome location with the help of uh, Geraldine Taylor, who I know you both know. Um, and ta-da, there you go. You open up a dance studio. Now, I'm very grateful that Tina keeps saying an adult only because <laughs> on occasion, <laughs> On occasion, people say an adult dance studio and they tend to put the emphasis on adult. No, but well, I think the thing for me is that um, I am certainly not a dancer, as you can attest to, Nancy. <laughs> but you are so, you're. I, I enjoyed it thoroughly, and but I would not have wanted to be at a, at a dance studio where there was a bunch of young, skinny yeah. little things, right? I mean, yeah. in my office, I'm next door to a dance studio. Um, it's a little, and they're all these lovely little children, and it's fun to listen to, but I certainly, they would have nothing to offer for me, right? And right. so I just, I love that idea that it's a place where adults can go to, to learn to dance and to get some physical yeah. activity. And it's not just a matter of learning to dance. Like I've taken a class and I don't even remember what it was, but it was like a dance aerobics. I, oh my goodness, you killed me. It was so oh, physically yeah. involved. Oh yeah, was yeah, it, you came the, to movement a few times. Yes, you did. Was the, uh, was yeah. the outfit like the Jane Fonda from the eighties kind of? Oh yeah, all the time. <laughs> No. <laughs> okay, so Nancy, I got a question for you. Um, yeah. And and I think Dan, I think tap is is amazing, and and it's definitely a skill. Um, what other kinds of dance do you teach there? Right, because there's a lot of types of dance. Yeah. So you so backing up again to the '80s if you want to dance you cannot focus on just one thing and they call that triple threats today or uh, various other names right so you realize early on that you have to take other forms of dance so i took a lot of jazz real jazz or jazz ballet if you want to call it i definitely took some traditional ballet um, and i took a lot of what they called then disco believe it or not there was actual <laughs> classes called disco this is the 80s people okay um and yeah exactly exactly and within that though stems line dancing 
And I developed a love for a couple of these different styles and you tend to focus on the ones that you really, really like. And so when I opened my business, I knew it wasn't going to just be tap dancing. I knew that right from the get go, that would be my specialty that I would bring to the table. But I also um, studied quite extensively line dancing as well as jazz. And so I've also brought those different styles into my studio as well as hiring um, people who know better than I and have studied quite extensively Pilates. I have a Zumba teacher. I have an aerobics teacher and I bring in specialists to teach ballroom, to teach burlesque, to teach Afro-Caribbean, to teach, you know, there's so many different styles of dance out there. So I make it a point of bringing in specialists to do workshops and believe it or not, that flies in Kempville. People love it. They, I have obviously my core clientele is Kempville, but I have a huge number of clients that come from outside of Kempville, mm -hmm. a lot from Ottawa, a whole pile from Kingston and Brockville. Wow. I have a wow. couple that come from Cornwall every week without fail. Not right now because we're closed down, but uh, yeah, so people will find me because again, like Hina has said, I am an adult only studio. That's what they want. They don't want to be in a room with a bunch of super hyper flexible 17 year olds. They just don't. No, thank you. Nope. Nope. No, no, thank you. No, no. And it's demoralizing <laughs> because we all remember ourselves when we were 17 and we, we were able to do those things, right? For the people that mm -hmm. did dance. I can't, I would not be able to keep up with them. There's no way. So. Yeah, and you and and you also do burlesque, correct? Is that correct? Is that one of the things? This I do bring in a specialist to do burlesque. Yes, she is yes. a burlesque dancer. She what? has a day job. She's a very lovely lady, and uh, she has a career doing burlesque classes yeah. and burlesque on stage and it's beautiful i just love every second of it and well, she, her classes sell out well i was gonna say you you can't you can't have the sign unless you have the instructor and the dance to be done right <laughs> you want the sign i know you want the sign you can try to sell that one right so that's, that's awesome that's awesome no Awesome. No, we have to petition. Awesome. We should petition. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about um, some things in dance, because there's some things that you're doing that are really kind of giving back, right, to the community. You're doing some, some things that help people who actually have health problems, and some organization mm, and it. some organizations that 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 service service clients that have health problems. So talk, let's talk about that a bit. Well. Back up just a tiny little bit first. So if you, if you, you Nancy, you're always name, backing me up. You're always backing me up. I, I'm trying to, I want to put it, put it in context, but okay. if you, if you, your name of your podcast is clean break, right? Yep. Which I didn't realize that until uh, just recently, right? I thought it was still focused highly on divorce, so, but clean break. And you said it yourself at the beginning of the, of the, of the podcast is that, you know, clean break doesn't necessarily mean exclusively divorce. And so I have a large number of people that come to my business that are looking for that clean break. Again, they've retired, but also they may have had a life experience, a life health experience. So the people that, um, that, that are looking for something new, 
they've retired. I have lots of classes for them. However, I started to see more and more people that had real serious health issues, Parkinson's, heart disease, arthritis, um, and so on, stroke. Um, there's, I mean, I could go on with the heart, with the diabetes, right? So um, my husband had had a heart episode the month that I opened my business. And we spent a lot of time at the Ottawa Heart Institute. And I noticed that they had this program called HeartWise. And I made an appointment to speak with Jennifer Harris, who was the director of this program. And I said, do you outsource this? Like we live in Kempville, um, but we have to drive into the Ottawa Heart Institute for this particular program. And she said, a matter of fact, we are starting exactly that, just at that exact same time period. So I did attended all their classes, took all their seminars, and I had them come to my studio to approve my some of my classes as HeartWise recognized. So it's not an accreditation or a certification or anything like that. It just I am a destination. Mm -hmm. So to to feel comfortable in my studio after having had a heart episode is what they call it. Um, I have an AED on site, and of course, all of my te teachers are um, 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 CPR certified. So you could have a heart episode and feel comfortable coming to these classes, knowing that the Ottawa Heart Institute has approved these classes. So that was huge for me. I thought that was just um, a big part of opening up something like this in a small town is that a lot of people were looking for that like instead of having to drive all the way into ottawa mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. second thing um stems from my dad uh died from parkinson's and i really wish that we had known at the time that there were exercise classes for people with parkinson's designed specifically for people with parkinson's and it was only after my dad had passed away that I saw that the Kempville District Hospital has such a class. Hmm. So I went and I spoke to them and I said, this is, you know, fascinating. I'm just, I'm just very interested. And she said, well, it would be more fascinating if we could help more than five people at a time. So the Kempville District Hospital had been running this program for years, but they have one tiny little room in that hospital. Um, that they were using for this Parkinson's fitness class. And I said, I have a 2000 square feet, 2000 square feet ready and available for you. Please come and look at it. And so I have a written agreement with the Kempville District Hospital that they will run their Parkinson's fitness classes in my studio. And Fabulous. it just makes me cry every time I see them come in because they, mm -hmm they know they need to keep moving. And some of them had been on that waiting list for years wow. waiting to get into that class. And um, they skip into my studio because they're just, they love it. They love the connection. They love the people. They love the class. The class gives them so much, so much uh, uh, help for them and their Parkinson's and how they can move forward with that that uh, they never miss ever. Mm. 
they have to be very sick to not come to a class. So uh, I love being able to offer my space for them. I hate to, mm -hmm. I hate to bring this part up, Nancy, but um, how are you doing with COVID? How are, how are you ad adapting with COVID? <clears throat> so, <laughs> COVID. Well, like everyone, in March 2020, we all sat down and we went, what the hell? What is this? What are we doing? What's going on? And you just, I don't know about you guys, but I was in this mental fog. I felt like I was swimming mm -hmm. through cotton. Just just so hard to see you next. And uh, anyways, it was my kids who basically sort of smacked me up the head and said, Mom, snap out of it because there's things that you can do. Um, you're going to go and buy a webcam and you're going to go and buy a microphone and you're going to invite people to a podcast such as this, a webcast, and uh, you're going to start teaching again. And so I did. At the beginning of COVID, I taught for three months for free. I just opened my camera on and I said, this class is going to happen at this time. If you want to come, just come. And um, and I did that until um, uh, the first lockdown was over. Mm. Did people come? Wow. Did people did. come? Yeah, good. Yeah, good. they did. Excellent. Some classes I had 15 to 20 people in it. So. Wow, excellent. So... Then um, the government sort of got their act together and said, um, if you want, you can apply and here's some money for you. And if you want to upgrade your technology, uh, you know, we can, you know, so you know what it's like to write grants. And so I wrote a grant for technology and uh, upgraded the system and gone was the little $35 webcam and microphone. And uh, so I have two televisions and this, powerful computer and two microphones and uh yeah it's just amazing and so i started advertising out on patreon and again my clients showed up they all showed up so they all i mean i shouldn't say all there are definitely a lot of people who are still dealing in their own way with whatever COVID mm -hmm. is thrown at them um, mm -hmm. But there's a pile that just were sitting at home saying, I, I can't put one foot in front of the other. And so when I threw this at them, they went, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to do this. Um, I have clients that show up for classes every single day without fail. Um, and then I have a whole pile of other people that work and can't necessarily make that class. So I record them, I upload them to a safe drive and they do the class I'm recording. So they're keeping up with whatever class it is that I'm offering. They're just doing it. They're not doing it live. They're doing it on recording. So okay. um, I'm grateful for that. I'm very grateful for that technology grant because um, it has allowed me to put together a very sophisticated system that uh and i use discord i don't use zoom which uh zoom doesn't allow me to have uh, music talk and things like tap shoes <laughs> oh, wow. all those layers of sounds are not uh are not good together so um i use discord which is a much better system for me so it's definitely been an education for you for sure yeah. Yeah. lots of T tears not gonna lie i'm like why is this not working? And then <laughs> you, you call in the child who studied this in school and, and he's like, but mom, and then he fixes it for you. I think I've talked to you on, uh, on a few of those days. Maybe not all of them, but a few of those days I've talked to you and I'm like, 
I'm sure like you guys, I, you're just, I'm, I have been angry. I have been upset. I have mm-hmm. felt, I, I am not naturally a depressed type person. I'm just not, but I have felt that sucker punch feeling of like, why mm-hmm. am I doing this? I don't want to keep going. You know, mm-hmm. I just don't want to do this anymore. And then somehow you just sort of shake it off and then you just keep going. But the, so what is the word for, what was the word for 2020? Languishing, languishing. Oh. Yeah. Yes. I just. Okay. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I genuinely felt that it was just a slog. Yeah. To do anything. Yeah. We're in 2022 yeah. now, so let me yeah, ask you. I have I have a qu- yeah. question for you around. Uh, does your spouse dance? <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, that I was, was a very response. About this too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so. <laughs> How much time do we have? So no, um, oh, we got, no, we're, we're good. We we've got okay, like another okay. ten, five, ten minutes at least. It's kind of a, it's kind of a neat story. So I, um, again, I was back in Montreal and I was performing and teaching with this dance company. And uh, one of our dancers invited me to co choreograph with her at this group. And I knew nothing about this group. I'd never heard of them. And and uh, so off I go to this group and I find out. It is, it's a group of about 60 men that get together every January. They rehearse, they write all the music, all the songs, all of the the story, the whole play, the skits, everything. And they put on this show and they were called The Fossils. And they actually had started this way back in the 30s, 1930s, this group had been going on since that time. They took a short break for the Second World War. Okay. And then they kept going. Yeah, not kidding. So anyways, I had been invited to co-choreograph with my friend Robin at this uh, group. And so um, anyways, then then um, I did one year and, and that was just lots of fun. And then the second year, Robin got pregnant and said, um, I can't do this. You're going to have to do this for me. So I took over. So now I am much more involved. I'm at every single practice. And I suddenly noticed this guy who that year was the guy who wrote the songs, wrote the play, wrote the skits, wrote everything. And his name was Chris. So um, he just caught my eye. I asked him out. You asked him out. I did. I asked him out. (laughs) He took a day off work. I didn't know anything about this guy. I just asked him out and he took a day off work and off we went golfing. I had never golfed before and by then we went golfing. And uh, anyways, I just, I knew that day that this was going to be The the guy. I just knew. I don't know how I just knew. However, I did not pay attention to his inability to dance. <laughs> so that wasn't the deciding factor on the ring no. on the ring, right? So, he had okay. so many he has so many good qualities. However, dancing just not one of them. However, but there is one more little story yeah. in that we met and got engaged and got married all in five months. Wow. Five Our, months. Yeah. I told you he was the guy. So January 23rd, this coming up is our 29th wedding anniversary. 
And wow. somebody somebody yeah. asked me the other day, they said, they asked very much the same question. And I, I have to tell this story. I was, I brought my dance troupe to my wedding and I said, please, would you mind performing? And they took it and went way beyond what I had asked for. And they created this story about Cinderella and tap dance shoes. And they just went to town with costumes and it was just great. And I had one job, I had one job and that was to put my tap shoes on and to dance at the very end of this, this 20 minute skit thing. Uh, which was fabulous to put my tap shoes on and to dance to the song, All Right, Okay, You Win, I'm In Love With You. So here I am, my wedding dress, and I put on my tap shoes and I'm killing it. I'm dancing away and, and the 200 guests in front of me are all loving it. You can see them all enjoying it. Here's Nancy in her tap shoes dancing away. Anyway, we're coming towards the end of the song and i see my now new husband get up and start walking away i'm like what the hell's going on here he was sitting in front of me that whole time and he gets up and then i notice he has tap shoes on and i had just killed myself and years of performing and studying and dancing he gets up at the end of the dance with my dance partner and he brings home the number he just brings it home. He just does these shuffle off the buffalo things. I don't, he was flinging his legs out, basically. Oh, my God. <laughs> the entire crowd goes insane. Absolutely oh. insane. They are on their feet, yelling and screaming. Here is my husband bringing it home, doing a shuffle off the buffalo. <laughs> and the number. <laughs> Oh my God! Tell me that you have that on on video. Did you video? I, was that videoed? I have to see that one day. I have to see that one day. Have to see that. I have it on video. That is the <laughs> one and only time he had tap shoes on. He has never put tap shoes on. So he went secretly to my partner behind my back and took a month of tap dancing to do that twenty seconds at the wow. end of our our dance number no. yeah okay so, so that you kind of answered my question there that your husband yeah. does dance well he can dance no, when he no. has to when he has to when he's really <laughs> under the pressure he can make it happen right yeah so, yeah so let me ask you something nancy would you say that dance then to a certain degree is a great therapy for couples yeah 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 uh, yeah i'm you know, it's not even just a great therapy for couples to come and do together. That is certainly a thing. However, um, I often get couples, when I run partner classes, I often get couples that come and I get an email from one or the other one saying, this is not going to work because they're not listening to me. Mm -hmm. And I have to like talk them off the ledge and say, you know, <laughs> just, you know, you have to just keep trying, right? So the classes where couples come and they don't dance together, such as line dancing, are way more successful. So they are doing something together. They are dancing. They're getting the benefits of dancing, which is very, you know, right. uplifting and endorphin filling and, you know, such a feel good thing. And they're yeah. doing it together, but they're not doing it together. So ballroom yeah. dancing right. takes in an awful lot of of um restraint on not it's like have like somebody brought up this example saying if you ever taught your partner to did you ever teach your partner to drive mm 
like that. You just can't, <laughs> you can't do that, right? And dancing is sort of the right. same thing yeah. in that, like, you're not doing it right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. I got some stories about that. I got some stories. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so there's four teachers in the room, and usually they're very, very good. It's not like they've never seen that before. But some couples get very upset with their partner, like so upset that, and they're not enjoying it. Right. So I often yeah. direct them to something like line dancing. Mm. Let's do some line dancing together. You're going to learn some footwork. You're going to be dancing right. together. And guaranteed at the end of the class, you're going to enjoy being with your partner a lot more than if you take ballroom. And then some of them take that and they it leads them into ballroom. Right. And they have a better right. sense of footwork and, and steps and, and it's a lot more comfortable. Um, yeah. I think but, you know. Yeah. I think you should, I think I think you should actually consider advertising your business and having something as a first date, a first I date dance. You know that, like, because think about the memories you create, right? I mean, yeah, it's yeah. you know it's not going perfect, and yeah. if you have any inhibitions about being a certain way in front of people, it's probably not going to work yeah. out in your favor. So yeah. you know, <laughs> so you're that I tell you, you make it through that, and you, you know the next date's going to be just a piece of cake, right? So, anyways, yeah, I love it. Yeah. All right, so, so Tina, yeah, we are we are crunching in on some time, and I I feel like there's so many more questions we could have asked you. In fact, I don't think I asked you one. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, I, I kind of, I kind of. No, no, it's awesome. It was really, really cool to hear some of your stories. I mean, I knew your story kind of, you know, in a loose sort of way, but to hear a little yeah. bit more of that was really, really intriguing. I feel like there's so many more little stories you could tell us that we could probably have like a, you know, movie and a, you know, dinner and a dance kind of thing right in the studio, home movies, Nancy, oh. Chris, dancing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, it, people have asked a few times if I could send them like or show pictures, but the eighties, it that cost a lot of money. Sorry, ask your question, yeah. but people <laughs> seem to think it was like today, where everybody has a cell phone and you just videotape. Yeah. That didn't yeah. exist back then. So. True. No, Sorry. no, you had to take a photo and then you know send it off to get developed. Hope that it turned out good, and you yeah. might might not know for three weeks. Okay, yeah, so exactly. coming coming yeah. from the lady that thought we wouldn't have enough content to fill forty five <laughs> minutes, I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna yeah. cap it there. So Tina, why don't yeah. we find out how to get a hold of Nancy? Yeah, yeah. So Nancy, tell us how people can reach you and uh, book a dance class with you. Yeah, after lockdown, please come and find me at theworkshopdancestudio.com. Um, I don't regret such a long name, but you unfortunately have to put the theworkshopdancestudio.com and people often miss the the. Uh, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Google My Business. Uh, you can find my schedule on theworkshopdancestudio.com. You can book a class through there now and you can, pat you know, um, if anything good has come out of COVID, it's spending time on your, your website, right? So you can book a class now through there. You can pay through there. Um, yeah, the, it's, uh, yeah, Senator Kempfell, or you can just show up post-COVID, just show up, just show up at the door. And yeah, we can talk that way too. I can do it old school as well. So good. Senator Kempfell <laughs> underneath in the Reina Mall building, 
which is not B&H. It's across the road underneath the senior center, 2,000 square feet of cushioned, heated dance floor. Wow. Yeah. I, I think you practiced that a few times. But yeah, well, I make that a point, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my point is going to be, if you want to find out more about Nancy, check out the mycleanbreak.ca website. Uh, you'll find her along with all kinds of amazing, intriguing stories from all kinds of amazing professionals. <clears throat> and, and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and like and share our Facebook, Instagram pages to your friends so they can find their next life transition and the professionals that can help them. Until next time, take care of yourselves, take care of the people around you, and we'll see you on the other side of the mic. Thanks, ladies. You've been listening to Clean Break, our weekly podcast on life transitions. You can find more topics like today's and other great advice from life transition professionals at mycleanbreak.ca, where we upload audio, video, and blog content every week. mycleanbreak.ca has clear and simple advice from trusted local professionals to help you get to the other side of any transition.